If you're a podcaster, you know that making money from your podcast can be kind of sporadic. It's really off and on. Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. What they do is they provide you with a flat rate for ad space. So every time you include an ad from Podgo, you know exactly how much you're going to get. Doesn't get any simpler than that. I just became a member and you can too. Go to their website at podgo.co. P-O-D-G-O dot co. I've included the link in the bio as well. When you sign up, when they put, how did you hear about us? Mention my podcast name, shout me out, you know, go ahead and do that. But go ahead and apply today and start making money from your podcast. Start getting advertisers that fit your audience. Don't keep it 100, keep it 1 million. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Millennial to Millionaire podcast. As always, this is your host, Paris Grant, coming to you with everything financial. I'm always saying that the way that you spend your money reflects the world you want to live in. I would like to follow that up by also by saying that your net worth tells that story. This can mean that you have a positive net worth because you're a very diligent saver because that's the kind of world you want to live in. Maybe your net worth isn't as high as it could be because you're somebody who loves to donate. Maybe you have a negative net worth because you have so much consumer debt. We all have different situations and we all have different sets of values and it'll never be my place to tell you what your values should and shouldn't be. That being said, if you are listening to this show, there might be some aspect of your finances that you're looking to improve and that's, yeah, that's the place. So I think it's important to also have an open mind when it comes to finance. I think that it's okay to be wrong. It's okay to say, okay, I've been doing this thing not correctly. I didn't really, I kind of skipped this step or not even to know what you're doing. And this is why I'm always recommending reading books. Now, a book that I just finished reading is called The Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey. Now, Dave Ramsey is a pretty prolific person in the personal finance community I think he's kind of slept on. I think more people would know about Gordon Ramsay than Dave Ramsay. But Dave Ramsay is, yeah, he's amazing. He's a businessman. Um, he you know, teaches personal finance to people. He has like this whole system in place. And within the realm of personal finance or like finance, Twitter, FinTwit, whatever you want to call it, like people will talk about like their net worth stories and say, you know, we did the baby steps and everybody just knows what the baby steps are. Everybody just like, oh, yeah, they did the Dave Ramsay thing. And it's like, yeah, so he has influence like that. The whole point of this podcast is to kind of democratize personal finance. I want to be able to talk about money and these things that mostly people who are nerds about it only talk about. But I want to make it like a normal part of the conversation. So this episode, I'm going to be going over Dave Ramsey's seven baby steps to that basically are his total money makeover. Now, the reason I'm doing the reason why I'm doing a whole episode about somebody else's method is because one, I find it to be very uh, effective. There are a lot of things that I do not agree with Dave Ramsey on, but I think that his approach to wealth building, especially from this perspective, is really good. And I think that it's pretty spot on. And I think that if you ever needed a roadmap for kind of what to do with your money, I think that this would be the closest thing to it. And I personally am going to adopt this method specifically because like I said in the beginning of the show your net worth tells a story right now my net worth is primarily derived from the fact that I've been investing for about four years now so if my net worth is 40,000 35,000 of that is 
for money that I've invested into the stock market. Now, that's not bad and that's great. Compound interest and dollar cost averaging is going to be amazing. It's going to be great, but I'm not very liquid. I do not have a lot of savings. And, you know, to, for me to say this as a personal finance podcast host, you know, I feel like it's necessary to know that the people who, you know, talk about finance still have their own kind of like, you know, financial quirks, tweaks, you know, this and that. That being said, I think that it's important to be able to pivot to understand what you might have been doing wrong to lay the foundation, maybe take a couple steps back so that you can ultimately move for further forward. So I'm gonna be talking about the steps, be talking about my take and the philosophy behind the steps and the mindset you might need to adopt to be able to really crush it. That is the episode. And I thank you guys so much for tuning in. Like I said, I got a lot of interviews. I've been talking to a lot of people in the finance community, which is great because I'm able to learn more and they're able to come on and teach more. And it's just great to be able to get these different kinds of ideas and different kinds of approaches for their money. If you have not already, please make sure to subscribe. Please leave ratings. Please leave reviews. All of it matters and it helps more people find out about the show so that they can learn about personal finance as well so that we all can be eating good. So without further ado, we're going to get right into the episode. My name is Paris Grant and here we do not keep it 100, we keep it 1 million. So what are these steps that Paris is talking about? What is this program? So like I said, the premise of his book, The Total Money Makeover, it's about shifting your mindset about money as well as this baby step program, as he calls it, and I'll let you know why, which basically kind of is a roadmap to, you know, financial freedom, wealth building, being free, feeling good, having positive relationship with your money. Now, when it comes to the mindset, I really feel like that's kind of a touch and go thing. It really depends on, you know, where you're coming from and where you want to go. But as I discuss the steps, I'll kind of talk about the mindset he's kind of referencing or would imagine that you would have as you're tackling these. Step one, and the reason why these are called baby steps is because, and these are his words, you can achieve any financial goal you want if you take baby steps. So if you have a determined focus and you're taking small, even if it's small baby steps, you will eventually reach financial freedom. And it's just about having that focus over a sustained amount of time and just hammering away at them, which is why it kind of requires you to develop that mindset so you can understand what you really want your money to do. For a long time, I've kind of spread out what I do with my money. I break it into percentages, 20% here, 30% here, 15% here, and this is great and it's cool and I'm disciplined enough to stick with it. But if I would just say, okay, I'm going to put 80% into this, keep 20%, 80% into that, you know, and just really kind of like hammering and really focus on these things, I think I'd be able to go further, which is why I'm actually going to be adopting this. It's also important that I note that these steps are best done in order. And if for whatever reason you kind of like backtrack, you go back, fix that step before you move on to the next one. So step number one, save $1,000 fast. Now, this is kind of your mini emergency fund. And as we're going to go through the rest of the steps, you know, things are going to happen. Having $1,000, we've all heard the statistic, almost half of Americans would not be able to fund a $1,000 emergency. They just wouldn't be able to get it. It just wouldn't be possible. They couldn't do it. Don't be one of those people. And 
as you're going through your financial journey, there's going to be times, you know, when the battery for your car dies or when, you know, you get a flat tire. I mean, I'm thinking about car things because this has happened to me, but it could be a different situation for you. Having a thousand dollars will not be your maybe your whole entire emergency fund, but it should give you enough security to know that if something does happen, you'll be able to cover it. Granted, it may or may not be over a thousand dollars your emergency, but it's good to know that you have some sort of a buffer between zero and whatever your emergency is. Now, like I said before, up until now, I've been scattering my money. I'm going to put 30% into there, 20% into there, 10% into there. To get this step, and the reason why it's important that you do it fast is that you want to be able to just direct your money to it so that you can already get ahead to step two. So instead, for this check, this might be the first time that I do not invest into the stock market and I will instead put into savings because right now my savings are not at $1,000. It's a whole new shift, but I think it's very important to have an open mind and to kind of realize what you where you want to be financially. If you're somebody who doesn't really care about liquidity, I mean, obviously this won't be something that's gonna, you know, really affect you too much. If you're somebody who like, I really want to be investing, I really want to get rich, I really want this to happen, it's still good to take this step just so you can learn about patience, timing. Step number one, save $1,000. Step number two is probably the hardest step and maybe the longest step, depending on your situation. Pay off all existing debt. Now, if I'm scaring people with statistics, you know, we got 1.6 trillion in student loan debts. We got like another 4 trillion in consumer debt. I don't know what your situation is. Some people have no debt, which is, you know, awesome. But in a country where we think of debt as a normal thing, you know, everybody has student loans, everybody has a credit card bill, everybody's behind on this. It's very important to not to go against the grain. You have to live like you have to choose to live like nobody else will now so you can live however you want later. So paying off all existing debt. This is very daunting and this is can be very scary and it can be something that you don't want to look at in the face. And for a long time, that's been my situation. I currently have about $11,000 in student loan debt. And it doesn't really bother me because, you know, it's deferred payments and I don't even actually have to start making payments on it until the year 2022. And it's actually way down because it was actually almost double that last year and I've been able to pay it down and I still have plans to pay it down. But it was always something that I'd be passively doing. I'd put money in there when I had the money to put in there, but I wasn't something I was specifically focusing on. And the reason for this is because when I log on to personal capital, my net worth is positive because I have more money invested in the stock market than I do student loan debt. Now, this is great. This is cool. But when something like Corona happens and that brings my net and that brings that stock market, you know, that stock market net worth way, way down, I get I actually got to see like, wow, like this debt is really holding me back. Paying off debt is an easy way to increase your net worth, to, especially if you have a negative net worth. It's probably because of debt. Well, it literally is because of debt get rid of that debt. It will free you and your income is your weapon that you use to kind of like cleave your way to financial freedom. By getting rid of your debt, you're able to, you know, use it more effectively, basically. You can direct your income wherever you want because it doesn't have to go somewhere else. Another part of this step too is you don't incur any new debt while you're paying this off, which means that, you know, he talks about like freezing credit cards, cutting stuff up, doing all kinds of crazy stuff. I mean, get as crazy as you want, but the main point is you want to learn to be able to pay for things when you actually have the money to pay for them. This might mean delaying gratification. This might mean not going on vacations, even though I don't really know who is during Corona season. But 
you know, it's about really learning about the value of money and the value of things and, you know, learning to, yeah, really to delay gratification. Now, he recommends using the debt snowball method. Now, there's two different ways to pay off debt. There's the debt snowball, the debt avalanche. I'm going to talk about both. He recommends the snowball. The snowball is when you pick the debt with the lowest balance. So if you have five different loans and, you know, one's a thousand, one's seven hundred, one's six hundred, and then you got one that's like fifty dollars, you pay off the fifty dollar one first, right? And then the money that you were using to pay towards the fifty one now goes towards the next highest one. And you keep on doing this. And the reason why is it's a psychological kind of benefit of knowing that you're getting rid of that's one less debt I have. I went from five debts to four to three to two. And it will kind of give you that momentum. And as you're paying them off, the money that you were putting into the previous will start going to the other one. So you'll actually start paying it off faster. The debt avalanche is kind of a different method where you actually go for the debt that has the largest interest rate mathematically this is the smartest way to pay off that as you will actually pay less money because the interest payments are where they derive a lot of the you know the value i guess so by paying off the ones with the highest balances you're actually paying less debt in the uh you know in the long term but this may take a little bit longer and you don't actually get to feel yourself winning maybe for a long time even though it's going to be a short period of time you don't actually get to feel those wins along the way which is why he recommends the snowball so you can kind of build yourself up and really kind of like feel yourself getting better. Now, that's a doozy and that really can take a long time for a lot of people. And I get that these we're only a step two and it almost seems impossible right now, but it's very important that you set a foundation for yourself. I've asked a lot of financial advisors, do you think saving is better? Do you think paying off debt is better? Do you think investing is better? I think all three are great really and truly. But I really believe that if you want to be able to grow and not have to worry about money, you need to you need to get back to your roots, you need to save, pay down debt and make sure that you are good. And then you can invest and really feel good about investing and not be worried or not have any of the other things that go along with it because you know that you have money, you know that you have cash flow, you know that an emergency happens, you're going to be good. You know that if you ever really had to pay for an emergency that was more than $1,000, you wouldn't have to sell shares and lose out on compound interest to do so. So that's step two. Now, step three, a little bit more fun, maybe just as difficult, maybe, I mean, maybe more, maybe less. We're going to finish out that emergency fund. So step one was to save up a thousand, right? I told you that wasn't the first, that wasn't the first, uh, you know, that was the first one, but that wasn't your whole entire emergency fund. Step two is paying off your debt. Step three is going back and saving up to three to six months worth of expenses. Now, depending on, you know, the nature of your job and how you make money, you know, this can be you can save three, four, five, six, however much you want. It's really whatever you're comfortable with. I'd recommend a maximum of six because the opportunity cost at that point of I mean, if you're saving it just for the sake of saving it, the opportunity cost becomes great, too great. And it's important that you say expenses instead of income. You can do income if that makes you feel more comfortable. But the reason why he says expenses is because. If you were to lose your job, you might not be, you know, putting that money in. You're not going to be saving that money or investing that money or using that money to pay down debt. You're going to be using that money to like buy yourself food, make sure the lights stay on, make sure you can drive your car, make sure you can still live, even though you don't have an income at that time. So when, when you just think about the expenses, it one makes the number a little bit smaller and more manageable. But, you know, it's more realistic. I'm myself going to be going for six months worth of, you know, paychecks. 
just because I would like to know that even if I didn't have a job, I would still be able to sustain myself for, I mean, half a year sounds pretty tight. So that's all there is for that one. You can do the math on that one. Um, emergency, you know, yeah, like I said, you wouldn't be saving or investing. We're going to take a quick break from the show. Listen to a quick ad from my sponsor. But when I get back, we're going to be going over the next couple baby steps. I know this is a lot of information to take in, but you can go ahead and absorb it all. Take notes, rewind it back, play it back. And you can also look up the baby steps online and you can get another explanation there. I just like to talk about it in a way that maybe seems better and is more, you know, receptive to you. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe if you have not already. As always, keep it 100. I'm kidding. Keep it 1 million. And welcome back to the Millennial to Millionaire podcast. On this episode, I'm discussing Dave Ramsey's baby step program to get you to financial freedom. So we talked about steps one through three. Save $1,000. Pay off all existing debt. Do not incur more debt. Number Step number three, build up that emergency fund three to six months worth of expenses specifically. Now, by this point, you know, if you're on, if you make it to step four, you have no debt and you have not, and you have no plans to incur any more debt. You have a fully funded emergency fund. So you know that if you lose your job or something happens, you're still going to be good for a little bit. You still got some runway. Now, step number four, begin investing 15% of your income. Now, he recommends 15% and most financial, most financial advisors would also recommend about 10 to 15%. He recommends this though, assuming you're going to be getting a 12% interest rate. It's my biggest issue in the, it's my biggest issue in the whole book. He thinks that the stock market will return 12%. I'm not sure where he got that math. It is incorrect. I personally would recommend maybe going a little bit higher up to 20%, but 15% is not bad at all. I give a lot more advice, I think, about investing than anything else because to me, that's like my wheelhouse. I love studying the market and ETFs and just different kind of vehicles that you can use within the stock market. And I genuinely believe that the stock market is the most accessible way for a normal person to build up immense amounts of wealth. And not, I don't mean like through trading or getting lucky, but if you just consistently do this, I really believe that investing in the stock market is yeah, it's just the easiest, most accessible way for a normal person to build wealth invest 15%. You can listen to all my other episodes for different things that you can invest in. I typically recommend just in a normal low cost index fund. I use Vanguard. Use whatever it is that you want, but at that point you will begin investing 15%. Now, something I want to bring up because we are on step four right now is that I still do think donating is something that you should be doing regardless. That's just me personally. I do plan on continuing to donate. And then I also believe that if you have a job that provides you with a 401k and they give you any kind of matching contribute the maximum to get the match regardless everything else is going to come afterwards so as you're doing all these things if you can get a match get that match otherwise just stick to these steps and just know that after you've built a solid foundation for yourself you'll be able to start investing starting at 15 percent now step number five is I guess, I mean, it's applicable to some millennials, but it might not be applicable to everybody. And this is the one step that I really feel like is worth skipping or not really worth skipping. But if you could skip any step, it would probably be this one. But it's funding college for your children. Now, some people don't even plan on having kids. Some people 
don't those kids might not even go to college I really feel like the main point of this step is just knowing that there's going to be expenses later on in your life that you're not going to that you don't have now you might not think about but they're going to be major expenses down the line the whole point of your money is that it's able to kind of you know support you when you need it you save it so it saves you I would say at this point, if even if, if you're not planning on having kids or if you don't really think that, you know, like saving for college is something that you want to even do, I would say just beef up and double whatever your emergency fund is. That's my personal. That's me personally. That's not what the step says, but I don't think that that's a step that applies to everybody. So that's step five. We're just going to go ahead and pass that one. Step number six, own your home outright. Now, I've had Lindsay I've had Lindsay Johnson come on the show. I had Greg Rodersheimer who um, you know, somebody who's about to become financially independent come on the show. Both talk about home ownership. Owning is typically going to be better than renting almost all the time, especially by the time that you've done all these things, maybe you'll be at a stage where you're ready to kind of like settle and like when your finances are good, you can focus on the more important parts of your life. So the benefit of having the solid foundation is that your money won't be the thing that you're worrying about. You'll be worrying about like whether or not you're doing the thing you're passionate about, whether you're with the person you love or not, whether you're in the place that you want to be or not. So paying off the home is kind of like close to the last step because this is kind of after everything's really come together, you just want to make sure that you're good, good. Like you're not worrying about anything. Paying off your home is part of that. I can honestly say I'm not super well versed when it comes to real estate. It's why I have experts come on the show because it's not my main thing. But whatever it is, your situation, I would say begin saving up to get 20% for that down payment. Even though you might not need the whole 20%, that's fine. But it's good to, you always want to have runway. That's the most important thing is to have cash flow and to know that your money is there. You want to have a liquid form of money so that you're able to live life the way that you want to. So that's step number six is to own your home outright. He talks a lot about like different ways to kind of pay off your mortgage. And this is something I would definitely recommend researching more on because I can honestly say that it's not my wheelhouse. But owning your home outright is step number six. Now, step number seven isn't really a step. It's just kind of like the finish line, really. At this point, you know, you decide if you want to go on vacations, if you want to donate, if you want to leave an inheritance, if you want to whatever you want to go do, because at this point you have no debt. You got a solid emergency fund. You've got exposure to the market. You've saved up for the major life expenses and you own your home. There's nothing else like you're good. And the reason why I love this program is because it's really simple and easy to follow. Simple does not necessarily mean easy to do, but simple as in the directions are clear. And by going through the different steps, you're making sure that you feel secure as you move on to the next one. By the time that you began investing, you've already built up an emergency fund. By the time you built up that emergency fund, you don't have any debt. Before you even start paying off that debt, you already have $1,000 so you know that you're good. Now, a lot of my show is going to be kind of catered to these different kinds of steps, especially because a lot of what I talk about in the show comes from what I'm learning and what I'm implementing and what I try to convey to you. So as I go through this program, I will be letting you know how I'm doing and I'll be kind of giving advice on how to save more, different ways to pay off your debt, different ways to think about your debt. And they're all going to be very relevant to these topics, which is why I want to have this show. I know that this is a long one, but I really do feel like whenever I have interviews, I like to leave them up for you guys to listen to. And I'm really glad that you love them and the guests love coming on because I got a lot more coming. But I do want to make sure that you guys know that I'm here for you. I'm here to give advice. I'm here to help you have a better financial life. That's what this show is all about. I want to make personal finance just the thing that we all talk about and that it's not really an issue. It's just more of like a topic. 
So that is the whole show. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Paris Grant. This is the Millennial to Millionaire podcast. And here we do not keep it 100. We keep it 1 million. Thank you so much for listening.